getting tired of this theme song. I know y'all can't hear it, but can y'all hear it today? I can hear it, yeah. I don't know. That's so weird. Okay, well. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Going Commando. I'm indeed your host, Tank Rodriguez. Joined with me today are my other co-hosts. We got Jimothy James Dean. How you doing, sir? Sup, sup, sup. How you doing, Tank? Doing great. Doing, doing great. Uh, except I watched a movie. I'll talk to y'all about it later. And it's kind of actiony, I guess. Uh, but of course, we have the dirty one. I almost called you Don. I forgot your name. <laughs> dirty, dirty, terror. I was gonna dirty, call. D- dirty Donnie. I was gonna say no. No, I was gonna say Dirty Doctor. <laughs> dirty, dirty. You know, like sometimes you know these these shows just merge together, and sometimes I'm Doctor Dirty. Sometimes um, I'm Dirty in Love. I don't. You know, like. I want to do a. Uh, I want to. I want to Photoshop your face on the Doctor Detroit cover. Hey, and then make that's... it Doctor the Dirty Doctor, D whatever. Yeah. Hey, there you go, Bob. You know, I'm all down for that. I love that movie. Yeah, I, I love that movie too. So, um, you can absolutely put my face on Doctor Detroit's uh, crazy swinging. Maybe uh, I'll do that. Poster. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm down. All right. Cool. Well, <laughs> glad. I mean, how you doing? Dirty Derek. <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, around another week of doing this podcast with you, fine gentlemen. So, Indeed. You know, yeah. yeah. And, and much, much more than that. And just a reminder: starting in January, we're going to be the movie misfits, uh, moving away from the Tank Rodriguez show, um, be more movie oriented focused, and that way we can uh, separate from that bastard Tank Rodriguez. Um, so, uh, just be on the lookout for that. Uh, it should be up. I'm working on that. Oh, and now, I mean, we do have a, a great logo. It just looks great. Thanks to our, uh, our very own Jimothy. Great job, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, it's very subtle, but it's so much going on. (laughs) At the same time. Subtlety. Definitely. (laughs) Uh, hey, really quick. Uh, I watched this movie with uh, Robert Pattinson uh, called Good Time by the Safdie Brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hated it. Did you? Yes. I I mean, it was great. It felt like a part of a movie. Like, it, it felt like incomplete. I liked, I mean, I liked the Safdie Brothers. I definitely see why they're not for everybody. Specifically, yeah, I mean, it's very similar to... it. It's very similar in tone and overall depressingness uh, as their more, you know, well-known movie, um, the Adam Sandler one that I'm suddenly blank. Uncut Gems. Yeah, Uncut Gems. Very similar movies. Yeah. uh, Tonally and stuff. But uh, I enjoyed them, but I definitely don't – I definitely wouldn't say – like, couldn't say I don't see why somebody couldn't dig on it, but – It was was a great premise. The acting was great. This is, I mean, like, you know, you're on edge, but just the way I felt like the ending was really, it was cut short. And it, yes, the ending was super depressing, like, into the credits. Yeah. I felt like I was watching, like, a, a mashup of MASH and the Hulk series, like, put together. <laughs> <laughs> it's weirdly okay. I can kind of see that. Yeah. But, it, and it was just like, but, and, 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 and I get it. Like, I mean, spoiler alert. It's like, yeah, like not, not 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 everything's supposed to have a happy ending, and it's not really a happy ending. Uh, and you, you kind of see how like the other brother, uh, you know, a little bit slow, 
uh, you know, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of adapts to his surroundings and he just kind of went with it, but it just felt like a part of a movie. And I just, I, I don't know. I just wanted a little bit extra on it. Um, not sure, you know, what, what that is, but yeah. And I wasn't, I was just like, eh, like it, you had me, but then you just kind of dropped me. Yeah. I mean, again, that's what they, they make these sort of like, but, but uncut gems, it was like, oh, like that it was more of a concrete yeah. ending, even though they're yeah. similar in tone. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely see that. I will say though, uh, uh, Good Times is um, it did turn my like not that I had anything against Robert Pattinson. I just hadn't seen him show any like real depth or whatever as an gotcha. actor. Uh, and then I saw that movie. And I was like, shit, he's actually a really great actor. But uh, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. <laughs> it's definitely what it's, is what did you think it's of a very White arty, House? Indie, yeah. Like character study, but again, it, I see what you're saying though. With especially towards the ending, but yeah, but yeah, it's a bummer don't, of a fucking movie. Though. Yeah, don't don't watch it if you were you were upset or having a hard time. Like, yeah, you know, don't don't, don't think if you stopped your, your if your slow brother like, goes to prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say I, I totally agree with you, James. Like I, I am also like very hit and miss with with, with Robert Pattinson. Um, and, and I think part of it is here's here's my thought around that. So my my overall take, um, I think that if he had never done Twilight, he would have a much better reputation. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, like, and and obviously a good career move for him because he probably made a shitload of money. Yeah. Uh, being Edward Cullen from the Twilight series, but also lost a ton of street cred. Yeah, I mean, he'll come. He'll get out from underneath it. Like, I think he already has. Like, I I don't think yeah. he would have cast. The guy from Twilight in 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 a Batman role, right? Like, well, was... again, though, I mean, popular. I mean, there's still a segment of people who that's what they see him from. But yeah. again, yeah. Kevin Bacon started with fucking getting his throat pierced by an arrow in Friday Thirteenth. Like, yeah. in you know, he, people change. Like, his his career will grow. But, but I will say, like, it, it is an interesting movie, and I do appreciate uh, those guys just because I know whenever they make a movie, it's going to be. Uh, something different like definitely hands down hands down like it was a a very creative movie the cinematography was something different that you don't see a lot um even down like like the characters are so three-dimensional but like real people but kind of like people you don't necessarily want to know but like but that you do know and that was kind of but you do know yeah yeah, that was kind of the deal like i know these people um i fell asleep during the bad batch too (laughs) uh because i watched that one back to back I watched a couple of movies, like action movie wise. Uh, I saw Bad Batch. That was it, it. I don't know. I guess it just took too long, and I started napping out. Um, so I, I might go back to it. Uh, but it just I was like, eh, okay. Uh, I saw Nightcrawler for the first I got, time. I got, well, go ahead. You saw Nightcrawler oh, for the first time. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It was amazing. It yeah, was it fucking amazing. is. Like you can't uh, win if you don't play. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. What a... Oh, go ahead. That movie is such a powerhouse performance from Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, it's yeah. one of the great. I do not understand. It should be up there with De Niro and Taxi. Like, yeah. he is the. It's probably the most honest portrayal of a true sociopath. Somebody who doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. It was. It's the most realistic version of that story. He's not. Oh, it's so good. Dude. It, it reminded me of uh, Patrick Bateman uh, from American Psycho uh, in, in a weird way. Uh, and then the way he does, uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, God dang it! What's his name from Twister uh, and Terminator? Uh, yeah. 
Oh, yes, uh, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton, yeah. rest in peace, dude. Uh, but yeah, like the way, oh man, that break when he cut off the brakes and he he goes to report that. Oh man, it was it was intense. Uh, but yeah, no, like his his is that was a great great movie. Um, I saw Drive with uh, dang it, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, that one was great. I like that one too. Yeah. And I want a Scorpion yeah. jacket now. Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe you've never seen either of those. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, like, and and the soundtrack. Oh my god, like those are the songs like I listen to like on a on a regular basis. That's why it's like you had yeah. never seen it because yeah, I mean the, all that synthwave soundtrack. Yeah, and and loved it. The movie's great. I mean, he. That director, I, I I love that director. Even Neon uh, Demons, which I didn't fully like. I didn't love Neon Demons as much as I loved um, uh, uh, Only God Kills and um, uh, obviously Drive. Um, I like Nicholas Winding Refn, but I think that movie is a fucking masterpiece because it, it, it's so dreamlike and atmospheric, and it feels like a weird like '70s Paul Newman movie at first. Mm. But then there's like the, just the ramped up violence, like when he's basically cr- crushes that dude's skull in the elevator and like <laughs> the weird thing with like the mat like it's just such a weird movie but I, I i love it like i and again aesthetically it's one of the most perfect movies of like the, i'd say the last 25 years yeah and then uh last thing yeah. I, i've been i've been really watching uh maybe in i'm not sure if you've seen it or not uh james uh was uh full metal alchemist the brotherhood version um i, I know everybody actually talks about brotherhood i haven't seen it yet i started watching full Alchemist years ago it's on my list to get to yeah well i don't keep i'm never gonna watch naruto sorry no. if you're listening to you love naruto i started and it, I, I can't do it i can't do it it's not my thing well but, it um, was with, no go ahead i was gonna say but full out full metal alchemist a lot of people who, who i really trust actually say it's even better than brotherhood is even better than the original series yeah it so. is I, I i've seen uh well we I mean i i say i've seen it but i, I mean it's been decades uh, well, at least a decade uh, since I've I actually like watched it, watched it, um, and uh, yeah, no, it's definitely it it, it grabs you quick because I was watching Inuyasha, and that one is slow burning, like it really yeah. is slow. Um, I still like it, but I had to put it on pause because like one, the seasons are too long, um, and it's very long winded. But uh, Brotherhood's definitely definitely one to check out if you if you haven't, um, and it's it's more along the lines of the manga. But yeah, that's all I have watched. Uh, but what about you guys? What y'all been watching? That's all, man. That's 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 a lot this week, man. Because usually, like, <laughs> yeah. usually us, like, dig, dig in the movies. I will say though, give yeah, go back and watch Bad Batch because okay. I personally really like that movie. Um, I, I think it is a, a little a little bit of slow burn at the beginning, so I totally get if you're tired, you fall asleep. But uh, <laughs> I, I like it. It's actually one of the only roles, really, that like, in my opinion, like. I see Keanu Reeves as, as a real creeper. So, yeah. Doesn't happen I haven't very seen often. it yet. Oh, wait. All right. Well, yes, I have. Wait, is that the one that's like uh, the desert? Desert prison. Yeah. Uh, Jason Momoa, post apocalyptic, yes. like cannibals. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, uh, you know, like Hermit Jim Carrey, <laughs> like, it was great. Uh, I had Giovanni Rubisi in it. Uh, well, I yeah, he's. Plays a fucking weirdo as he as he always does. Um, <laughs> no, my favorite Giovanni Ribisi role is uh, is is yeah from Ted. He plays Donnie. Plays Donnie. <laughs> so, that's very exciting. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I'll I'll, de- I'll definitely give it another shot there, uh, and I'll report to y'all next my week. My favorite Giovanni Ribisi moment was he was the boyfriend in the old eighty sitcom My Two Dads, and oh, uh, I remember that. Yes, yes. Like, and, 
and he there's the this, he, yeah, he's like, and eventually he starts dating the daughter, um, or like, kind of, it's good they go was, back and forth, but like, she was so this, hot. She was so hot. I just say yeah. that a lot. Like, yeah, I she watched was, that Monty Dad show. Yeah. I used to have a big crush on her at the time. Yeah. But there's a scene where, like, they're studying in bed and he falls on top of her. And it's the stupidest thing. But then a, I, one of the two dads, or maybe the both dads walk in, he's like, he's like basically, like, looks like he's humping her on top. He's like, wait, this is what it looks like. Wait, what What does this look like? And he's like, and then they throw him out. But his delivery of, like, hey, actually, how does this look or whatever was, like, I don't know, it was comedy gold. And then from that point on, I was a fan. And then he did the gift, and I was like, Wow, this dude's uh, this dude's oh. incredible. Awesome. He is, Anyways, he's... weird tangent, but there you go. That's all right, Jimmy. What did what did you watch this week? I watched a ton of stuff. Um, a lot of stuff. So I'm in the mid. I'm almost done with the trilogy, but I I will be bringing <laughs> this up on the next uh, episode more in depth. But the um, female prisons, female prisoner scorpion films. Um, from Japan from the 70s. Uh, I will just say we are definitely going to be talking about these movies more. I don't know how I slept on these films for as long as I did. Um, but I'll, I'll bring them up when I've finished watching every movie. Um, I watched a couple real stinkers. Uh, one of which, well, I watched this movie <laughs> Moon Trap, which is like a very, like, it was around the same time they filmed Star Trek Four, but it actually stars a Chekhov uh, is the two stars are Chekhov and Bruce Campbell, and it's a uh, it's uh, it's this like weird late eighties. Um, well, actually, it's more like mid eighties. Although it feels like a, it almost feels like it's a nineties movie the way it's filmed. But it's basically like a buddy cop movie, but set in space with hmm. Bruce Campbell and I'm blanking on his name. I'm, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but the guy who played Chekhov and. Um, but it's basically they go to the moon and then there's alien life forms on the moon. Um, and uh, they're like these cybernetic beings who can actually like replicate any, any metal they can like basically replicate and like add onto their bodies. They can even use some organic parts. Anyways, the movies movie wasn't great, but it's got some cool aspects to it. It's actually cool. They do for what such a low budget. They, you know, they did some interesting things and I, I've actually thought the, 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 the plot idea was actually pretty cool and the, it ends on a cool like little like setting up for a sequel that did actually happen 25 years later um yeah, but Bruce really? Camp, yeah and uh, they had a sequel in like 2015 or 2016 uh but Bruce Campbell obviously didn't uh didn't uh well he spoiler alert he dies in the uh in the original but uh he really hams it up he's extra Bruce Campbell in this one but um so watch that I watched this movie called Extreme Fighter or Extreme Fighters. I can't remember if it's plural. Uh, yeah, I think 1994 uh, martial arts action movie starring a 51-year-old uh, Don the Dragon Wilson, a, I think like a 43-year-old Cynthia Rothrock. Uh, uh, as I said online, it's a uh, it's an over-the-hill uh, Don the Dragon Wilson and uh, uh, well past his prime Don the Dragon Wilson, a uh, well past her prime Cynthia Rothrock, and a never had a prime Lorenzo Lamas. Uh, <laughs> it's and he Lorenzo Lamas actually is in it for maybe like two minutes, but um, it's the story of uh, it's so goddamn dumb. But it's basically like a virtual reality fighting game. Don the Dragon's son 
uh, his like mentor is like Don Dragon Wilson's mentor is like a scientist who creates this like virtual reality game. And Don Dragon Wilson is like a former martial arts champion who's now like runs a school, and his son is like the star pupil of the school. And it's got it got so goddamn confusing at one point. I don't even really know what was happening with the plot. But basically, they get trapped into a virtual fighting game, like a Mortal Kombat kind of thing, but like a VR version of a Mortal Kombat. And they end up getting trapped in there because the the programming has gone haywire, and then the main villain is like in the game is actually taking over the game. As interesting as that premise sounds and as dated and as corny, but is at least as interesting as fun as that premise sounds, uh, it was goddamn trash. And what was even more disappointing is, I will say though, Cynthia Rothrock, uh, even though she was like, like I said, I think early 40s, she looked amazing and she actually looked really well, looked really good. Um, but the action is garbage. If you think you've seen the Rothrock and, and Don the Dragon Wilson, at least the action should be fun. But no, and 95% of Don the Dragon's fight scenes were done by an obvious stuntman or by a very like up close, really slow moving Don the Dragon Wilson. So overall, it was fucking unbelievably disappointing. Uh, but uh, last thing I want to talk about is I've been super excited for the fi- actual release of this movie. Uh, I've only seen it uh, rough cut online, but it's called Ameri- uh, Action USA. Uh, it was uh, an early oh, 80s. I- Yes. Yes, I, I saw. Yeah, I saw previews for this. They were doing a screening, I think, at like one of the draft houses. Yes, they, um, it, it, that's it, it. It got, I think, specifically Alamo Draft House, and I think I forget what the place was in New York. That it's not Alamo Draft House, but it's like Cine Art Theater, or whatever. Like it's gotten, it got reputation because it started doing like the, the that round, um, and it's finally getting a BD release, a, an actual full release. But real quick, it was. It was created by a stuntman. The stuntman decided to direct his first movie and basically decided to make a 95-minute action sequence. It's got its nonstop bananas action sequences uh, to the point where it, it, halfway through the movie, there's this car chase where, like, this girl is basically falling out of a car, and it's all done with real... Like, there's no trick... Like, there's no... It's not, like, quick cuts. It's a stunt woman who is being held by a dude who's like, she's about to fall out of this car doing the, and then halfway through the movie, you're like, I don't know if I can take any much more of this. This is too much action. My brain is going to melt. And, uh, but no, and then it just ramps it up. But yeah, it's incredible. So I can't, I've been waiting for it to have an actual release. So it's coming out, uh, I actually think on Black Friday. So uh, excited to to have, to see that actually have a full release. So uh, I feel like we should all definitely watch it when it comes out and then talk about it because it is, uh, it's basically, yeah, so uh, I want to I want to jump in. First of all, I want to talk about some some movie news this week. Now, uh, so James, you flagged me on something online, but That's I right. had already read about it, and I was super stoked about the new Bruce Campbell Black Friday movie, uh, which sounds very much like a uh, combination of like uh, Jingle All the Way meets uh, the Crazies. Yes. <laughs> um, a little bit of like they lit sprinkled in between, but it's Bruce Campbell, and I'm like, it's got Devin Stowe in it, so I was like, that's that's gonna be a. It sounds like it's gonna be a pretty pretty awesome movie, uh, and hopefully, yeah. like when it comes out, they'll release it next year on Black Friday because I know it's in pre production right now, so you know it's not uh not quite out. Obviously, like it's in that that phase, but um, It'll be man, I was, I was, yeah, I was so stoked when I read about that. Um, 
And then I watched another uh, preview today for uh, a trailer with Devin Sawa as well called, uh, called Hunter Hunter. And it's about a guy. Did you see a preview for that yet? It's about the guy. No. The, they think there's like a, there's a wolf in the woods, but it's actually like the, it's actually like a serial killer is actually like using the wolf as like a cover. Like an implement. Yeah, it's like a cover. Okay. Uh, and like Devin Sound and his family are kind of like these naturalists that live like way deep in the woods. They kind of live off the grid, uh, small to small town. Like, and you know, he's got, a, it's got Nick Saul, which uh, we have not seen him in much of anything in the past. Yes. Like, decade he had a very uh you know hopefully he's doing better but he had, he had a very uh very bad heroin addiction and uh you know had gone to recovery and kind of bounced back i have faith in the guy you know uh west bentley was the same way uh many years ago and i think he's, he's bounced back quite a bit he's been, been in a couple uh a couple new movies so um pretty excited about that i also read a really great article with with uh zach snyder talking about his uh his army of the dead um movie for netflix which i am super surprised i know they had to do some reshoots they recast one of the actors with uh tig Nic- nicoretto uh the comedian i guess the mm-hmm. original actress and maybe we talked about that had the controversy uh good call recasting so they did some reshoots with that but i totally expected that to drop around halloween um or at least close to it but i think it's still slated for 21 but uh, I was really excited about it because basically, like his his quote was like, obviously he was involved in the Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, but basically he said like the handcuffs are off, like we went balls to the wall, action zombie fights, and like totally nerded out in our genres and just went absolutely like bananas insane with the action. So I'm like, the, the, the cast looks good. Dave Batista obviously is like, you got your action star there. It's got a good like mismatch of cast but i guess they're doing an animated uh animated prequel to the movie too like they're gonna release it but they, they got this animated prequel i think uh jason momoa is doing or uh, i'm sorry not jason momoa um joe maganelli joe maganelli yeah he's uh he's doing the voice uh sexy man there uh <laughs> doing the voice uh for some of that so i it sounds like it's gonna be a, a pretty uh pretty good romp so you got some some good movies to look forward to and in that coming year of course like you also have like your in new year you have your mortal combat your a hard r mortal combat movie as it should be for as it should be yeah mortal, mortal combat uh but before we, we started this i was i was unwinding a little bit and i was watching uh so re-watching jonah hex oh, okay um with uh with josh yeah and you know i remember there being a lot of hate for this movie um but you know, I I watch it and it actually wasn't as bad as I remember it to be. Um, I w- didn't love it; it wasn't amazing. Um, but you know what? It was. I, I didn't get a chance to finish it because obviously we're recording now. But um, it was a, it was a good. That's a good movie to kind of take your mind off of things. Um, you know, when you when you're kind of like just like, hey, I want to I want to veg out uh, and not kind of think about anything. So it's a good movie. And then uh, the other movie. <laughs> I watched too, which I thought I thought was actually pretty funny. I uh, hadn't seen it in a long time. As I rewatched Game Over Man with the guys from uh, Work Workaholics. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I just rewatched that like last month myself. Uh, That's super funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was actually you know surprisingly had a fair amount of fair amount of action in it, and yeah. that's kind of what prompted me to think of you know our topics tonight. Obviously, we were going to talk about a couple of things, and one is uh, movies that have a lot of action and zero sustenance. Thank you, Mike. Uh, 
uh, also a friend of mine and, and listener that shoots it so give me good ideas every now and then and uh and then also action comedies because there's a lot of like comedies that really straddle the fence on uh on uh action and comedy um and sometimes it's always really hard like i always have a really hard time saying like is that a comedy movie is it like an action movie but sometimes you know they, i think they live in uh i think they live in the both i think game over man is, is a good example of, of that where it's got some obviously you got those you know, three guys from uh, from workaholics, and uh, on top of that, you have a lot of action to boot, which is which is always pretty funny as well. So, you guys have any like I don't know if you guys have any like favorite uh, well, real quick movies or just so before we move on, I do need to adjust two things. First off, uh, yeah. it's funny that you'd mentioned Devin Sawa because I was going to say uh, before when you're talking about Devin Sawa is that I don't know if you ever saw the uh, uh, I full disclosure I cannot stand uh fred durst or limp biscuit i i, I was a grown ass man talking about uh, our our fanatic the fanatic but devin sawa was yeah. phenomenal like he was really good in it and he's i was i was not a devin sawa fan in the 90s idle hands that whole era i did not i didn't like his fucking face <laughs> he, skater, he was like skater. but he just had this i didn't like his voice and like his face he was like to me he was like in the same level of hate as like jack noseworthy but uh oh, but he's that says a lot. Yeah, oh, it does. Jack Noseworthy yeah. level? That's yes. terrible. But he, uh, one, it's like he's like kind of matured. He looks like a completely different guy. He seems like a man now. Dude, he was actually Jack. Really, yeah, and he's like, he looks like, he just looks like a grown man. Like, you know, like, and I was like, he's that. And again, he, I think he, he was really, he did really well in that movie. Um, so I'm actually excited. I'm glad he's having a little bit of a renaissance again. So uh, I was so glad yeah. to see he was part of that movie. Also, as far as the Jonah Hex rule thing, because I do need to address this, uh, I can't agree with you on that point. I, I am a huge fan of the Jonah Hex character from the DC Comics. Yeah. Um, the reason I think I'm so upset was that they were going to... So uh, there's a writer named Joe R. Lansdale, who actually was the guy that wrote the story Bubba Hotep is based off of. Um, he's like this deep... I, I forget what he calls himself, but like deep-fried, white trash... Uh, uh, uh lovecraftian noir i forget like he he hasn't like what he he has his own genre like deep fried you know gothic uh horror but anyways but he's um he wrote some amazing jonah hex stories and one of them they were talking about making into a movie which would have been crazy and of course they didn't go that route they went the route of the movie they made so i'm still a little bit about that but uh um what was the uh do tell like what was what was the storyline for that so it was it was basically jonah hex so this gets real complicated there's two versions of jonah hex there's the old west version of jonah hex um which was a cowboy in the cowboy times and then there's Mm -hmm. a there's a post-apocalyptic mad max version of jonah hex where he basically somehow ends up in the future then they just call him hex um but jorah lansdale wrote him uh in the late 90s early thousands and he basically made it like weird fiction so um like there's like old gods in it and like these like worm gods and th- one of them is basically about there's like a cult like this cult in the old west that is trying to basically bring about this like snake god or worm god i don't remember the what exactly they called it and it, but it got real weird and really fucking violent like over the top like dark uh so that was like one of the stories that there was talk for a long time that they were going to adapt as a movie because Joel Lansdale is a very cinematic writer, but, um, and obviously like his, his work had already, has been transformed into the cinema before. He's also, some other people have done some stuff based off of his writing, but anyways, that's why I'm bitter about that. 
But I have to real quick, well, to transition to your other point about horror com- or uh, which one? What should we talking first? Horror com- or action comedies? Action. We can jump into either one. Okay. It's, it's a free for all. Well, the I just watched. Re- I, I have to watch it. It's like I have an internal rule that I have to watch Bloodsport once every other month. Otherwise, I feel like I'm cheating myself. Um, and to me, that is. And I was. It's weird that you brought this topic up because while watching it, I was like, "This is a movie that literally doesn't. Re- its plot is the action. What there's some subplots with like revenge with Jackson and like the whole thing, like you know, he, trying to get Frank Dukes to go back to the military, um, and then the his his lady journalist friend. But ultimately, the main plot is he wants to win this martial arts competition. That's it. That's the plot. There's no. There's no fucking bullshit like narrative that's forcing the. It's like the action is the central focus for the plot, and I'm like, that's why this movie's so enjoyable because it's not trying to be something else. It's not trying to be a goddamn, you know. Uh, it's it's not trying to be Lawrence of Arabia. It's not trying to be the African Queen. It's just dudes wants to dudes wants to fight in a martial arts tournament, and that's to me every other movie that ever came out in the tournament style that tried to like get more and more sophisticated with it. And, and why, like, I don't understand why the Mortal Kombat movies and the specifically the Street Fighter fucking movie just didn't do that. Just do that. That's what these fucking games are about. Well, and, and just they, dudes fighting. But that was like John claude Van Damme's thing afterwards too. Like if you think about the quest to how it had like a meaning to it. Yeah. Uh, and even a little bit of Kickboxer. Uh, it wasn't as dumb, dumb or water. I wouldn't say I don't say dumb, but watered down as, as Bloodsport. It was just this is what it is. This is what you get. But that's what so. And I, I will say, Kickbox and Bloodsport are almost the same movie. Like, even narratively, <laughs> I think they pretty much are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like instead, like the only real difference is that in Kickboxer, he's not as a bad as as he has to learn to be as a a, a badass. Where Frank Dukes is a badass right, right at the start, even though you do have Flash in both of them. You see like how they trained. And one, it's like he's trying to get revenge for his brother who got crippled. And then Bloodsport, he's motivated by his friend who got put in the hospital. And then they just fight the tough, you know, bad guy. But um, that's why those movies are so fucking enjoyable. That's why there's, they, they hold up to repeat, repeat viewings. Because they're not, I don't have to invest a goddamn extra brain cell to figure out, like, it's, oh, what is the motivation? Kicking ass. That's the motivation. Like, I mean, that's, sometimes it's yeah, all you yeah. need. It is all you need. And, like, you look at a movie like, and I'll, I'll use, like, John Wick as an example of this. Like, the movie is literally about a guy who goes on a vendetta because his, his dog gets killed. Like, no more, no less than that. And that trickles into a whole tailwind of, like, three-plus movies. But I, ideally, like, at the, like, you don't know anything about John Wick. You know, like, very little about him in the original story. It's this guy, you know, his wife died. She gave him a dog. He's upset by it dog gets killed he goes batshit crazy and goes back into like assassin mode and kills everybody like other than that that's about as much story as you get like with john like and you like you hear the stories right like even in the second one like even in the third one it's literally him and this it like running the clock right third one is him running running the clock and kicking ass that's all it is um and then like eventually finding like the occasional safe zone and then going back and running the clock and, and kicking ass. Like it is not something that you need to like really worry too much of like, did I miss something? And what's like, funny is those movies, specifically movies like, the John Wick movies, it's the characters that have some sort of ulterior motive or some other like sort of grand scheme that get who, I mean, 
you're going up against Baba Yaga, you're going to get fucked anyway. So, but yeah. it's all the people who are like, oh, I'm going to do, I have this, I have a whole reason for being. I have a reason that, you know, I'm the uh, head of my mafia family because of, um, you know, whatever bullshit. And all those people get killed. And they're like, the whole, like, John Wick just is like, look, man, you killed my dog, you stole my car, uh, and you wouldn't leave me alone. So now, you know, End and that's story. what, and then, and it's, and it's boiled down. It's like, it, you could add the style and all of the extra, uh, um, character, like the, the, um, I don't want to say style over substance because I do think those, the John Wick movies are actually pretty substantial. Like, there's a reason he connects with the audience, there's an overarching thing that happens with that character, the way that that character is portrayed that makes audiences love him. It, it's not just stupid, dumb entertainment. There's, there's a lot of, I mean, first off, the sets, the costume designing, the world they've created. There's some dumb yeah. aspects, like how many goddamn assassins are there in the in in the world? Like every five feet, there's an assassin. Apparently, like, apparently, apparently, all of Grand Central Station is just is, assa- is high killers. Like, yeah, go to the bus station, assassins. Yeah, Run across a homeless person, yeah. assassin. Coffee shop. Go to, go to Starbucks. Yeah, that barista is an assassin. Watch but, out. It's, it, it's very similar to why I really enjoyed the first Equalizer movie. It's because you just have a guy who can do things that normal people can't, and when he see and he, but he doesn't want that life anymore. But when he sees people, good people, being hurt by crime or whatever, he's just like, "Well, I'm gonna fix this." Rot, rot. There's no like, "I gotta save the world," and the, the like. No, it's none of that. It's something. There's something to be yeah. said about keeping action movies simple but smart so that the characters are at least relatable they're three-dimensional the dialogue is sharp the, the movie keeps moving like um i think action films get sort of they get put into this sort of cinematic ghetto of being stupid movies and sometimes for a reason but there's so many great i mean there's all of the you know there's all the sam peckinpah you know westerns there's all of the you know the, the yojimbo movies there's all there's a ton of really brilliant, well-regarded action films, and I'm glad they exist. But at the same time, action is a genre that you can overthink and make it worse by trying to make it smarter. Like, and when you start trying to make it all these, like, you know, all these like outrageous plot, you know, uh, just, it gets. It, I don't know. I, I appreciate a movie that's just like it just gets convoluted with the backstory. Like, hey, when you try to tell like so much of a story within an action movie like at some point it becomes like less action and more dramatic and and that's like to me like if i'm watching an action movie like i i don't want to think yeah. like i want to shut my brain off and i just want to watch people like kick ass when i like watch uh and i just recently watched like this week i watched uh shoot him up with clive owen like that movie has absolutely zero plot with the exception of like you don't know who clive owen is i don't think he's got a name in, in, the, in the entire movie it's just a homeless dude that happens to be like this crack shot um former assassin whatever you want to call it finds a baby has a prostitute friend like goes and kicks paul giamatti's ass who's like a whiny hitman and has a wife and kids he hates yeah. um and and that's it like that's the that's the entire story it's just him kicking ass through the entire movie or like a crank like jesus Tatum's crank like Say what you want about it, but that thing like is actually from like start to finish, ridiculous or not. Like, I care less. Like, I don't care what Jason Statham did. I don't care what he stands for. Like, I'm just watching this guy like tear through town, like trying to stay alive. 
yeah. and uh, you know, see this girl for along the way, you know, and 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 fucking up his rivals, and that's and that's pretty much it. Not like, to mention like the um, the great great supporting actor Dwight Yoakam, uh, who oh, is great, oh my, underrated, oh, I mean, yeah, underrated. So I will say that that was like uh, short of like uh, Sling Blade, like that was only my like second foray to like watch Dwight Yoakam, and I had much a much fonder appreciation for him having watched that, that movie as a doctor. <laughs> I was like, I love Dwight Yoakam, man. He, that guy's the best. I'd watch him in anything now. Also, Dwight, I will say, as somebody who does not not a fan of modern country, uh, Dwight Yoakam is a fucking badass genius, and his cover. His Buck Owens covers, his album of Buck Owens covers, is oh, yeah. uh, some of my favorite records the last, you know, fifteen years. Um, that's the thing. It's like there's. It's part of the reason why I truly dislike the Fast and Furious franchise, is because those movies are dumb as fuck. But they try to make them. First off, they have to force some new plot into why they have to race their cars real fast. Like <laughs> next one, they're going to fucking outer space, like they're the goddamn leprechaun. I did hear that. Like, I did hear that. They're gonna go. They're gonna go to the space, and that's like. That is, that is the moment in time where your movie officially sucks. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, apparently it's it's supposed to be definitely like, the last one, but I mean, the movie should have ended on like I don't know. I'm not a fan, but but again, uh, if they race, dumb. if they race on the moon, I'm, I'm done for. That's it. We I'm sure they are. Gravity. I'm sure. I, I guarantee you, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, it's like they're dumb movies. They're trying to be smart, like. One of the, one movie that always comes up to me when I think of like a movie that's still a great movie with great performances with a lot of character. There's a lot going on with the characters, but you know, but at the same time, it's it's about what's happening with the characters and the and what is motivating their action is something like The Unforgiven, um, because ultimately it's just a man. It's the the plot is pr- essentially pretty simple. It's just these prostitutes hire this old drunk to. Uh, go get revenge for cutting up one of their ladies. And, but it's all of what happens with the characters and why they're going to go, you know, uh, and Westerns are really, they're so rife for that kind of thing. Like they're, whether it's the Clint Eastwood, you know, like the man with no name saga, or, you know, like I said, a lot of the Sam Peckinpah stuff, like those movies are about really like uh, flawed people who live in a really fucked up time in history in a real like lawless environment and what they have to do, like where, where they find morality and and how they define themselves as human beings. But ultimately, like I said, it's, you can do a lot of like crazy action stuff or like by, you can do violence in a really meaningful way, but ultimately it's not about like some sophisticated, overly contrived plot. It's like this guy is a, has been, uh, he's an old drunk, Who's or it was an old drunk and an old gunfighter who's like cleaned up now, but you know, uh, you know. Anyways, it, it it's that's a movie at like, and now I'm not putting The Unforgiven in the same route as something like Bloodsport, but what I think is there's a beauty to the simplicity of letting the characters be like the focal point and why there is violence, why there is action, as opposed to coming up with like all these like convoluted plot elements and like these big grand schemes of like world domination or all that, you know, kind of James Bond level horse shit. So. Well, I mean, and honestly, like for, especially for the unforgiven, right. I mean, that was not an uncommon thing, right? Like oh, yeah. you, you mess with somebody, they get revenge on you. Yep. Like 
you you screw with somebody, they shoot you dead in the street. Like so, to to get an old drunk gunslinger like who messed up a prostitute, right? Like, I, I'm pretty sure that probably happened at some point yeah. in time. Not to be like factual with history, but like, uh, you know, it's it's definitely something you can you can see. It's just very very basic human like. I'm going to get you back. Like, yep. uh, you know, emotion. And I think that's like a good catalyst. Like sometimes that's all you need for an actual abuse. It's like really just simple, like a to B plot line of like, you did this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this like in return or vice versa. And then let the action ensue. And that's all my brain needs at, at the end of the day to, to make it fun. Yeah, absolutely. What are some, like, when you think of, like, action movies that don't have, like, a ton of plot and it's mainly action, like, what are some of the ones that you think about? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I think I think we, we touched on, on a few of them. I think the other one was a really good call-out. Um, I, I think uh, Crank, I think Shoot 'em Up, I think, um, I do think Fast and Furious, but, like, I, I don't, I didn't say they were good action movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's definitely one that I watch where I don't like put a whole lot of thought, um, you know, into especially like a, like a Hobbs and Shaw movie, right? Like, yeah, I care what's just going. On. I just want to see The Rock kick somebody's ass. Um, and actually, I actually enjoyed that one because of it was more like even though the plot is insanely dumb, but uh, it was more like it wasn't, you know, it was more of like the two characters like bouncing off these two alpha male macho characters and how and. There was a lot of like comedy in that, and I appreciate that. I will say one of the ones that come to mind immediately, um, where there is almost no literally. I mean, the plot is as simple as it gets, uh, but it's not. It's literally wall to wall action. Is Commando, um, in the same realm of yeah. Bloodsport? It's like, dude, guy needs to go get his daughter who's been kidnapped by the you know the head of his old, you know his old military outfit who's you know who w- wants to blackmail him to. to it's it's not a co- complicated plot, and all that happens is. It's just fucking uh, John Matrix. I'll never forget that name. Um, it's just Matrix going around just killing dudes, like basically beating, like killing all of his. And it's it's fucking brilliant. And it's a masterpiece. And if you don't, if you like action films and don't like Commando, you don't like action movies because it is right. a coincidence. I mean, but that's to me like that's why I like because a lot of people when you say something is like all action no substance or all mm-hmm. or all action no plot, I guess. Um, some people might think of that. I would say the majority of people would think of that as an insult, but for me, it's, it's no. It's it, it, in a way, it's it's almost like for me, it's like quintessential what I want out of an action film. Like, I, I uh, think it's it, that's a good mixture of like a good '80s action movie because like you can say the same thing for for uh, something like Predator, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, bunch of mercenaries go in the woods, run to a monster, like have to escape, right? Um, I mean, that's really that, that's about as simple as the plot gets. Like trying to you know. You have to guess what the monster is. You see it pretty pretty early on in the movie, or like, you know, something like uh, Cobra, right? I mean, Cobra's yeah. pretty straightforward. Um, Cobra's maybe a Cobra's... little more little more plot with that. Maybe Uh-oh. a little more. Story, but... <laughs> well, C- Cobra and its its in its inception it was actually very complicated. Uh, they just cut out all of the actual exposition and like <laughs> the uh, uh, you know, like even with the ending when. Uh, um, uh, you know, when the I, I'm blanking on the character's name, which I can't believe I'm doing that. But when, like, yeah. you know, when the Weasley guy at the end, the guy that's been giving Cob- Cabretti a hard time through the whole movie, and at the end he yeah. fucking punches him out. You know what the original ending of Cobra was going to be? What? Cobra rips his shirt off, and his entire chest is a satanic tattoo. And it turns out that dude is actually the leader 
of the uh, of the the evil cult. And uh, in the most pure, like the most pure, like perfect thing that sums up Cobra as a movie, the actor, the actor was like, man, I don't want to sit in fucking makeup for three hours. He was like, that seems like, it's like, we've already killed all these people. It seems like almost anticlimactic. So he told, he told Solo on that. And so was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so the whole, the whole like resolution to the movie, which is finding the real mastermind. And it's this guy who's been making his life as hell. Eh, too much work. <laughs> that's why, God damn, that's why I love that movie. Anyways, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Like it's Cobra yeah, I mean, is like, maybe, movie. maybe if, if it was, if it was filmed the way that it was yeah. intended, but like, I think like, when you watch it, it's it's pretty straightforward. I think, like that is the element of like the the eighties action movie, right? Like, um, there, there's not a, a whole, it's not a whole lot to it, right? I mean, even something like Die Hard, right? Guy stuck in a building with terrorists <laughs> very... has to fight his way out. Like, like you don't really need Perfect to think example. when you're when you're watching a movie like that. You just watch John McClane kick wholesale out until he gets out of the building that's that's all it yeah. is so. I, I mean that's literally you know i i'd say in the in the pantheon of action films that it's it's in that i mean there's a ton of films like that which is the uh has to rescue a group of people like you know the cop slash marine slash whatever like the action hero has to save a group of people from hostages or whatever like it's such a it's such a digestible formula that's proven works. Like audiences will watch that movie over and again. <coughs> Excuse me, but yeah, I mean, I like again, uh, I, the the one that comes to my mind uh, is Taken. I remember like like it, it is uh, you, you know girl gets you know daughter gets kidnapped. Uh, you know uh, guy ha- you know Secret Service guy has to do what he ha- does best and just kicks yeah, ass the whole I mean, movie. I, I, one of my favorite lines from uh, from Deadpool is when uh, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool character goes like, "How many times does a kid have to get taken before they just say you're a bad parent?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and thing, I was like, "That's so true." <laughs> again, it's been pointed out many times, but that movie, as great as it is, as far as far as like it's it's a very good action film uh, with a great lead. Um, but goddamn, what fifty year old man was writing that script that a teenage girl? Was going to go uh, travel around the world following U two in concert, like U two. What a, what a <laughs> goddamn stupid! Like, oh my god! Even when that movie came out, I think the entire world was like, "What the fuck?" It was like two thousand eight. I would believe the Grateful Dead over, uh, yes. <laughs> and, and it was probably a reason that they could, she could afford to travel around the world following U two because the tickets were probably so cheap. <laughs> because at that point, nobody is following U two. Well, it's funny though. You would think, but dude, I mean, that, yeah. Ugh, God. Anyways, so anyway. it's funny though, Derek. I've been meaning to ask you. So, uh, you're, I one thing I like. I said I know if like. If there's a uh, horror comedy out there, I'm like, and I haven't seen it. I'm like, I know Derek has seen this. Uh, do you do you are, do you enjoy the the uh, action comedies at the same level that you enjoy like horror comedies? Um, you know that's that's a really. I think if there's an equal part action and comedy, like then yes, like I do. And I'll give an example of like like Bad Boys, for example. Yeah. Like, great great franchise. But what I what I really like about it is like great action like a lot of gunfights like especially that's like bad boys two is, two is my favorite because it's just a lot of action a lot of gunfight a lot of ass kicking and a lot of banter like between the two 
Um, same reason they live, right? Like, they live is a great movie for a lot of reasons, but like, you know, just just the, you know, the banter and ass kicking between the two main characters is is great. Like, I think it's it's funny. There's some great lines in it. Um, so yeah, I would say that if there's there probably equal parts. What what I don't like is is when and it kind of when it veers into like this is more comedy than action. Like, it's not really actually just when there's like way more comedy. Then there is actually so like I'll give you an example it's like Twenty One Jump Street. Now, Grinda, I, I love I love that movie. It's very it's funny. It doesn't take itself too so seriously. Do I consider that an action movie? I do not. Like I consider See, that a comedy. But is it in the bucket of action comedy? Ab- absolutely, it's an action comedy. So we're right on the same page with that because I'm the same because I was thinking that movies like The Other Guys, which is literally the whole point is it's a it's almost a satire yeah. of buddy cop movies. Obviously, the twenty. I mean, that's like saying that's like saying Naked, Naked Gun is an action action comedy movie, but yeah. it's really it's not. It's, it's, a, it's a parody. It's a parody. I agree. Scary movie is a horror movie. It's it's not. It's 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 a spoof. Uh, it's a satire yes. to like. What I think. Regime, so I think we're exactly on the same page. To me, it's like the action yeah. has to be just as relevant to the script, if not more relevant. In fact, it's more like I enjoy a funny comedy or a funny action movie more than I enjoy action comedies. As far as like. Like a movie like The Nice Guys, that yeah. is a action. I don't even really know what. I mean, it definitely has a ton of action, but it's like it that's is. a movie that just happens to have a hilarious script. But it's not. It's it's also got, you know, like you know, a lot of like you know, there's drama elements. There's a lot of action elements, and it's like it's just a really funny. I mean, it's and it's you know, Shane Black, the master of that. I mean, he basically lethal weapon, and, fucking and, predator. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Like. Lethal Weapon is a great example of that, Perfect. where yep. it is uh, you have just as many like comedic elements as you do action, but also a little bit of drama. Like you're not pigeonholed into kind of one or the other. So I think like that's that that franchise is a great example of like where it does straddle the line. Like you can have Riggs and Murtaugh like giving each other shit for ten minutes, and then you can also watch as like Riggs gets blown away yeah. on a shipping vessel. At the yes, same right. at the same time, and like it, it holds you in suspense, but like you're also waiting for that one liner at the end for, from from Riggs, right? Um, yep. So it, I think it's a, it's a good balance, and I agree with you. I like I enjoy those way more than like almost like force fed comedy, a force fed action into a, a comedy movie. Um, as as much um, as much me too and i mean i like i said, i like i like i love 21 22 jump street I, the 21 jump street I, I there are lines in that which i still will laugh if i hear to this day um and I, I love the other guys and stuff like that but i wouldn't say like that's an i would say they're con- it, that to me something like the other guys is no different than fucking you know Step Brothers. it's just a comedy that happens to have action elements um something like hot fuzz i think it, <laughs> is sort of weird like it i would definitely say hot fuzz is more of a comedy oh. comedy comedy i would but agree it, with you yeah i i would agree but with it you does there. like it, it it's, it's a little bit more one step forward than something like the other guys but barely so like it's like it's a little more i guess i use it like term meta. meta it's a little more of a like meta in that regards like in its application of, of action like action movies dictate a lot of the like elements around it but like uh, a lot of it, if you look at it like it's definitely a comedy there's a lot of like funny moments in it but the a lot of the action primarily takes place towards the last 20 yes. minutes of the movie 
Um, I mean, you get some like a little bit of action here and there, but most of it is like comedy, procedural, satire, like meta humor. And then you get to the very end, you have the big like, as you would in an action movie, the big like, you know, final conclusion. But that doesn't make it. I agree, hundred percent. Just continues to make it make it a. Comedy. And again, it's too satirical, um, anyways. It's it's trying to be one of those movies. And in fact, it's it's wearing it on its sleeve. But, yeah. Um, what are your feelings about Ghostbusters? Because when I thought of this, I was like, that's probably the first action comedy that I saw as a kid. That, I mean, it's a Ghostbusters is really genre defining or genre de, uh, defying, anyways, because it's it's got its feet in so many different things. It's part obviously there's horror elements, there's sci-fi elements, there's I, uh, action elements, there's obviously comedy elements. But I will yeah. say, like to me, the tone of that is actually really unique because it's both hysterically funny. Uh, but all the dial, it's all the comedy comes from the dialogue. There's some, there's some like, there's some physical humor aspects to it, like Lewis. But most of that stuff is actually pretty intense. Like even the shit with the devil dog, that shit's intense. Like yeah, it's funny when he's chased, being chased by the devil dog. It's actually really scary, especially when he's up against the glass and like that. You know, as a kid, that shit was pretty pretty traumatic in lots of ways and it and again i think people go oh it's a funny movie but beat per beat there's a ton of action in that movie um it just peppered by all this really hysterical dialogue but that one that's one that i'm like i don't know where i where i put it i go back and forth like that is yeah that that is like that is literally that movie is a conundrum because you really you're right you can't you can't really like some people would put ghostbusters almost like and they wouldn't be right about this but they they'll, they'll try people would try to put ghostbusters in the horror realm like i've seen that a million times over people like well, i want to introduce my kids to like appropriate horror i'm gonna i'm gonna show them ghostbusters like um like hocus pocus family family friendly horror maybe but like ghostbusters i don't know if i would i would put it in there it's definitely got a lot of action elements in it though you're right like it's got comedy it's got some horror elements to it. I mean, I remember watching it as a kid in that library ghost, man. Fuck yeah. It made me jump. Um, Dude. Well, I never wanted to go to New York Public Library after so, that. Um, I agree 100%. And, and even um, uh, uh, not Gozer. Um, is it Gozer? Yes, Gozer. Um, yeah. Uh, is it Gozer? Why am I blanking? The, the girl, the the lady ghost oh, at the uh, end. Zool. Zool. Is Zool, yeah, sorry. Gozer the Destructor is the takes the form of yeah. the Sapo Farshman. That's why I was like, I knew that. I knew that. But anyways, but uh but Zool is actually she still creeps me out a little bit. And that whole yeah. sequence and the devil dogs and the crystal body and the yeah. red eyes. Yeah, the red I mean, eyes. But yeah. but yeah, it, it yeah, Ghostbusters is hard. I do think it is I if somebody says like, Oh, I wanna watch some gateway horror, that I, I use the term gateway horror. I will say Ghostbusters are good because there's a lot of ghosts and scary shit in it. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of, not it's scary. Got that, like, like spooky elements, but I'll tell you this though: nothing can be truly horror if the hero of the movie is the heroes. In this case, are basically capable of killing the, the like their whole thing is they're Ghostbusters. So it's like it can't if if they're like kicking ghosts' ass, it's not really a, a horror movie. That's why Army of Darkness isn't. I would say it's a action horror comedy like army darkness yeah. is more you know ash is kicking these things asses like uh where evil dead 2 is sort of one man against like these evil forces but by army darkness this dude is just kicking wholesale uh, dead eye ass um but but yeah it's, it's an interesting concept i mean the thing is i would i 
in the age of Marvel now, the the post Marvel world that we live in, um, in the last 10, 15 years, uh, I think now every action film has to be equal parts comedy. There has yeah. to be a lot of comedy elements in, in in these blockbuster films to make it really popular with an audience. And I, I mean, I don't I don't mind that. I find the Marvel movies enjoyable, but I, it is a weird. It's a weird thing that's happened since they've come around. It's a re- actually it's a really good call out because um, if you think about it, because like some people will say, if you want a comedic Marvel movie, you watch Ant Man. But how is the comedy in Ant Man any any different than the comedy that's in the Avengers? Yeah, that every or single I- time or Iron, or Iron ex- Man. Exa- or, Iron Man's a great example. The very first one Thor. that's got a ton of comedy. Yeah, like I've yet short of like short of Captain America: Winter Soldier, um, like, which I felt was like a little more obviously that Robert Redford in it. It was a little more like I think dramatic. Um, the, the old Bucky Barnes thing, like that is understandably a little more dry. But if you look at all the other like Marvel movies in the grand scheme of things, they are all, in my opinion, like comedic action movies. There's yeah. comedy elements throughout the entire movie. Like, and you can't have that. You like, can't have a Tony Stark with like a kind of the witty banter, uh, snarky humor that he has. You can't have Thor with his kind of like dumb as rocks kind of yeah. mentality from like from fish out of water. Yeah, fish out of water. You know, obviously, uh, you you got your Loki, you got your Hulk smash. I mean, it's just there's all these elements that, that even Captain America, who is like, had went from the like the you know the, yeah. the, the straight man to. That is America's ass. So even by the end of those movies, Captain America's just as funny as everybody else. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, he loves kicking Nazi ass. So I mean like, yeah, yeah he's you know he's <laughs> he is he does that whole scene where he's doing the USO shows, right? Like yeah. you know like watching out Hitler. I mean that's right. that's to me is hilarious. So it, it is this new breed of like this new breed of like you don't have, in my opinion, like the super serious. It is not like dark and brooding like batman right like it's definitely not uh christian bale and by any lengths um it is just weird like comedic like element i think if you were to make something though that was like void of comedy and that was just action and like drama like i don't think they would have been a fraction as successful as they were no absolutely not because no, it wouldn't have entertained it wouldn't it would only only entertain a very small populace of the audience because at the end of the day people want to watch funny action-filled you know movies that they could just click their brain off and like go in and watch and like and leave and you know maybe you watch for the easter eggs if you're a real fan but if you're not like it caters to the masses right like you can go in and watch it and not like have to think super hard about ant-man you know the premise yeah. of what ant-man is yeah i mean society in general in the last like 20 years has gone way more into escapism than it had been in Basically, since the '80s, I mean, eight, the '80s and into the '90s, early '90s, we had, I mean, popular culture was about escapism. I mean, we had the death of the '70s cinema, which was all the, you know, the uh, easy riders and the more challenging, socially conscious films and stuff, and the more like I hate to use the term, but the more the highbrow films. And then the '80s came along with fucking, you know, at the tail end of the '70s with Jaws, and then the '80s came, and then it was all about the blockbuster and escapist entertainment, and then. The 90s, you started seeing like the indie film culture start coming, you know, have its rise. And then, you know, um, we had a, like, there was a lot of movies for grownups. I hate using that term, but like 
what they call, you know, like the Merchant Ivory movies slash then you have like the sure, you, get your, you get your Oscar contenders, your thinkers. Oh, yeah, your... just yeah, more you're more like you David Lynch yeah. kind of like era. But then like in the 2000s, like indie, like indie film basically just dried the fuck up. And then, you know, you have a lot of the, the video game movies, the franchise movies, uh, and Marvel has basically been the tentpole of all of that. And I don't, yeah. I know people who like one way or the other, like people who hate like, you know, the more uh, highbrow intellectual films or people who, you know, some of my friends who hate like the lowbrow pop populist films like the Marvel movies. I love movies. Like I'll watch what, if it's a good movie, I can take it on its level. I can meet whatever, wherever the movie is trying to go. I'll, I can go there as low as fucking full moon, as high as merchant ivory. It doesn't matter to me, but, um, but it does. It, it's weird how films re- reflect society. And, you know, I think, I think we need a laugh. I think now more than ever, like society needs to laugh. So uh, I don't mind it. I'm just always curious to see when that next thing is going to come to shift it. And really, you know, do something different. I mean, they always say they always say like in, in studies that um, that like in times of like great like political or like social like strife, people people run and escape like to, to movies. They don't want reality when they're faced with reality, so they want fantasy, they want fiction, they want you know that's that's when these movies really like strive. And when things are good, when reality is good, then they they are okay with seeing reality and keeping those like biopics and as you get the Oscar contenders, you know, like if you look at 2020, like at, in a nutshell and get to like the, the Oscars, like you're going to find a ton of those this year. Like there's, there's just, they, they did of, of course for a variety of reasons. One, because they, a lot of them didn't go out in the theaters. You're going to have a small like subset or slim pickings. Like, yeah. and then when we, things probably settle down, things get a little bit better and, you know, political shifts are changing. I feel like then you're really going to see like those movies really come out and uh, come on droves because people will kind of be more like uh, like steady state, you know. So, yeah, I agree. So we we live. Great conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, great, great. I do want to say one one thing that I'm super excited about. I didn't even mention at the beginning, but I don't know if you guys heard, uh, but uh, Wonder Woman was going to bring that up. Uh, it's gonna it's being released in the years but it's being released on hbo max and i'm telling you i could not be more stoked uh to not have to go to the theater and watch that (laughs) um same yeah so yeah it's uh it's gonna be uh uh simultaneous which is very i mean so are are they actually releasing it for free on hbo i mean like you know yeah not as an added you know Thing, yeah. kind of like sort of Disney Plus did with Mulan. No, yeah, I just yeah, yeah, I just read it. I just read it today. That they're just gonna launch it. I wow. actually was in HBO Max watching something earlier today, and and it advertised it, it said coming soon, 1984. I was like, wow, that's dope. Interesting. Also, real quick, uh, for the much more niche fan, uh, Psycho <laughs> Gorman is actually getting cool. released uh, on Blu-ray in Germany, Germany only. But it means be. I'm assuming anticipating. I think anticipation is that. Uh, probably within the next month or two, it will have an American release. So excited for that because I'm su- yes for January exactly yeah. But like that, it's probably going to be released right to to sale, um, like VOD and and like you can buy probably buy a physical copy of it at the same time. So but I'm just excited because I've been waiting for that movie to come out forever. So yes, I feel like we did talk about it like months and months ago when it was previewed. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for that as well. Uh, 
it, it looks great. So, and, and I loved, obviously loved the effects, which are always good. So. Awesome. Well, great conversation. Nice little in-depth uh, about meaningless action movies that actually do have meaning in some sort of way because they have a little special place in our hearts. And, That's right. uh, and I do I do enjoy that. Uh, but of course, if you, if you do have a special place in your heart for us, feel free to follow us on Spotify uh, and and uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and be sure to jot it down and, and take note. We will be moving uh, to the Movie Misfits podcast here shortly. Hopefully by next week, uh, we or next time uh, we record Going Commando, we can have that information out for you available. Uh, but just keep uh, your ear on the on, on the ground for that one. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know that's about it, guys. Uh, of course, uh, I, I'm Tank Rodriguez, uh, Jimothy James Dean, of course, and then uh, Dirty Dirty Derek, who's closing us out today, folks. You can do it, Derek. Oh, All right, well. You know I'll do it. That's fine. I'll I'll, I'll 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 pick up the lion's share this week. I I, I think I don't think I've done it in weeks. Actually. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, this one is for you, uh, America. <laughs> America. America. All right. Thank you again for listening to Going Commando. Have a good night. See you in the next one, folks.